0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Morning Shot Uncut. A straight, small apology. Last week, we did not have a Morning Shot Uncut podcast. It was Good Friday, and as pious Catholics, um, you know, we took the day off. So I'm sure we could be forgiven for that. But we are back. Welcome back. And with me, of course, is Byron. Hello, Byron. Welcome back.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the, uh, the podcast where we discuss South African politics and global politics in the context of the shit show that is now known as the West. Very
0: much so. And t- in today's episode, I want to talk about this concept of no enemies to the right, especially in the context of coalition politics in South Africa. So during the course of the week that went before us, there's been a lot of ructions in the opposition coalition. The Patrick Alliance now wants to join the DA and the Freedom Front Plus in the opposition co- coalition. They also want to become the mayor of Joburg. Our man Gaten McKenzie like, just says proudly, I will be the mayor. I'll do all these things and we think that's not a terrible idea by any means but in light of this of course uh, the only thing worse than ANC politics is like sort of the opposition politics because they never seem to agree on anything and hopefully we're going to make a case that you should all hold your nose and defeat the left once and for all. So there is an article we're going to reference, it is linked down in the show notes down below, and it is called No Enemies to the Right, and it's written by someone I greatly admire called Charles Hayward. So Charles is a multi-millionaire business owner who sold his company for millions and millions and millions, has got what's called Fuck You Money, and now runs The Worthy House, which is his online platform where he does book reviews and podcasts and the like. And he is as right-wing as they come. So Byron, I know you probably don't know him, but you should follow him, and everyone listening to this podcast should follow him as well. One of the key insights he has is this notion of no enemies to the right. Since he is a right-winger, he wants to defeat the left at all costs. Therefore, he will never, ever, ever have enemies to the right of him because they all have exactly the same goal. Isn't that a useful insight for opposition politics in South Africa, Byron? I think it is, but I think it actually
1: goes one further. So this actual idea was also espoused, as you may recall, Ramon, it was espoused by Matt Walsh when he talked about the LGBT gender ideology in the US. And he said the same thing. There is no such thing now as uh, any enemies to the right. In fact, all of the right should mobilize in the complete and utter destruction of the left by any means necessary. And he highlighted, I think, in the same fashion as your chapters has highlighted, that the only way to destroy the left is through utter annihilation through the galvanization of the right. Because he says, in reality, that's actually what the left has done. The left have galvanized itself. It has all got together on one big giant platform. It has taken control of the levers of power. And now that it controls the levers of power, they pretty much don't have a moral bone going through them. And you highlighted this prior to us actually coming on this podcast when we talked about uh, even in Brazil where there are certain ministers that have been figured for having stolen millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. But they don't give a shit. They just carry on and do what they do and, you know, continues to steal because at the end of the day, they don't actually have a moral bone. And it all comes down to the balance of power. They hold power. They don't want to relinquish power at any cost. And so they'll just carry on and just, Hold power.
0: So what does it take to take power away? Well, the only way it can be
1: done is through galvanizing the right.
0: Exactly. I think I that think the, the left understands this very well. The friend-enemy distinction is quite rigid on the left. Basically, if you're not right-wing, you are a friend of the left. You can be a pedophile. You can be a tranny, You can be whatever the hell you want. If you're not right-wing, you are a friend of the left, and we can all work together to galvanize the left into something. The right doesn't really understand this. At all, so when I reference the the politicians in Brazil, Dilma Rousseff, who was the previous president, uh, was fingered in a five billion dollar corruption scandal, which forced her to uh, basically resign as the prime minister, and that helped Bolsonaro become the president of Brazil or prime minister, whatever the case might be. Rousseff, who was fingered in that scandal, is now the head of BRICS Development Bank, ironically enough, and who was there to greet her? In Shanghai, well, the current president of Brazil, Lula, who is an ardent leftist, he kissed her, he hugged her, he acted like this was his best friend in the entire world. Does he give a shit that she's crud as hell? No. Why? Because she is very useful to him and he is very useful to her. Which is why in South Africa, the agents in the EFF don't care at all about what each other do. They are useful to each other, and they will take this country down because their friend-enemy distinction is so good in their circles. But in the opposition coalition in South Africa, the friend-enemy distinction is so terrible that we actually don't know who gets along with who. Does the Freedom Front really get along with the DA? Does the ACDP actually get along with the Freedom Front? We don't know. There are these contracts, but they mean fuck all if they keep sniping at each other on Twitter and in public all the time. I, I think you're completely
1: right. And I think while we're on the topic of Lula, we should probably reference a speech, which actually supports your point. So this is a speech from 2019, when Lula first came out of prison. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he actually went to prison for various reasons, and then he was basically allowed to go out on appeal. And when he came out, this is what he said. He said, they did not imprison a man, they tried to kill an idea. Those were his words, because he understands what we understand, and that is the left is an idea, mate. They don't really have any concerns for the morality of the man or what the actual man himself does. They have have a care for the idea that the man represents. The man can be as corrupt as he wants. He can steal all he wants, He can kill all he wants, but you cannot touch the idea. And that's exactly what now has happened with the left. The left is a galvanized idea. And it's such a broad-ranging idea in their circles that, as you rightly say, Ramon, you can be a pedophile, you can be a known criminal, you can be a thief, you can be a whatever, so long as you represent the idea. And for those of us who are on the right, who don't represent their idea, well, we're the enemy. And they don't care how much of an enemy we are. Maybe we're not really that deeply an enemy. Maybe we're one of their people. But they don't care. What do they care? The end of the day, we don't represent their idea. And therefore, in their in their eyes, in order to kill our idea of who we are, they must kill us as a man.
0: And that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, and not in a physical sense either. They just destroy the vestiges of what makes us men. Right? They destroy the concept of family, they destroy the concept of money, they destroy the concept of what gender is, they destroy all the categories of things we have in our lives that gives us distinction in terms of understanding what works and what doesn't in life. If you blur all those categories together, you end up with a morass of atomized individuals who are basically subservient to global superpowers and the commercial sectors of society. And this is what the left actually wants, ironically enough. They're quite happy to use corporate power and state power to overtake individual power and i think that was called fascism in the past but today we call it globalism because you know fascism was defeated with the nazis now wasn't it so if we bring all this back into south africa there's been a bit of a shift the Pedro alliance which is a big party are now saying they want to go with the da and the opposition coalition as far as we understand those terms are still being set but especially for the da like, we are not DA shells, but we sort of like what the DA stands for, to some sense. They're too liberal for us. But in some sense, like, we conservatives let, who would let, vote let, for let's, the DA. Let us, let us be clear that much like
1: when I interviewed Herman Mashaba, the DA, Action SA, ACDP, Freedom Front Plus, freaking patriotic alliance, mate. They all represent the single idea that we stand for. Defeat the left remove the ANC from power. The rest of it can all come later.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so in light of that, I think there is a fundamental misunderstanding in the coalition about what the idea is. Right? Because the the DA doesn't trust the PA and the Freedom of Plus is trying to be like the referee and actually say oh, the Karens of the coalition. All this is like bullshit and childishness. Right? This is all pure ego without any strategy whatsoever. What they need to do is unite around the idea to defeat leftism morally, politically, and socially. Once that idea is implanted and they all agree that this is the best thing that unites them all, that's when you can have real meaningful change. And I don't mean no enemies to the right in terms of only politically. I'm talking about in various other ways in society. We have to take out the deep state, which is the incompetent anti-cater who wants 15% wage increase because he sits at his arse all day and eats chicken at his office. It's also the unions, it's especially the teachers' unions. It is the ANC and the EFF, but it is also every single element of leftism in our country, which includes judges, which includes Chapter 9 institutions, which includes SARS. Basically, you have to have a revolution, not a violent proletarian one but a real scalpel to the deep state of south africa which is overwhelmingly left that's the real goal the politics is just the beginning
1: i think i think you're right and i think you're actually hitting on to a point that that to be honest i actually hadn't thought about myself and that is the actual language of revolutions isn't something that the rights and typically embrace but I think you're right, actually. I think the right should re-embrace the idea of a revolution, a complete overthrow. As we all know, we hear this from the eff all the time. The revolution is coming. But arguably the revolution already happened and we just didn't notice. Those are the whole kind of like boiling frog arguments, right? I mean the frog sits there and the temperature just gets slowly higher and higher until you, you know, cook to death and you didn't even notice. I think it's already happened. I think the the you know, revolution's already happened. Look at all the major institutions around the world. They're all highly captured by, by the left. You know, socialist people are everywhere. WHO, who's the head of it? Oh, commie that committed war crimes in fucking Ethiopia. Who's the head of the UN? Oh, a former socialist, you know. Who's, who's the, the head of most of these institutions when you really start actually looking, looking them up? They're all a bunch of socialists, mate. So arguably, the revolution's already happened. We just have noticed. With all that being said, you know, one of the reasons I think we didn't notice is because we constantly sit there with moral grandstanding. Hmm. So going back to the argument of Lula, in April 2018, let's just be clear. What was Lula charged with? Corruption and money laundering. Because it was suggested that he'd stolen large sums of money. And let's be honest, like, let's use, again, South Africa as an example. All these anti-apartheid people supposedly all came from very humble beginnings with nothing there. They fought against the for years. They landed up in the union buildings as politicians. They only earn like a million year. But they're all driving like the latest BMs and they all got money for Rolexes. Like, where'd the money come from, mate?
0: That doesn't actually matter. Right? Th- that is that is built into the system of the friend enemy distinction. If you're a friend, you get patronage, irrespective of how influential you are. Obviously the more influence you have, the more patronage you get. But what happened in 94, and people need to understand this, was a socialist takeover coup of the state through the medium of democratic elections. That 94 election was one of the biggest frauds ever perpetuated on the side of the people, Mm. ever. Go look at the stats. You tell me, how do they count the votes? How do they know who voted where? It's impossible to tell. There was so much confusion, there was so much, basically if, if a vote was stolen, it was in 1994. There was no way the ANC was that popular back then. Not a chance in hell. But because the ANC was in the driving seat, because the Nats lost at Codessa, they just validated the votes because they wanted to not have any further violence in South Africa or perpetuate a civil war or whatever the case might be. But the revolution already happened in 1994. And since then, you've got the retardation of the state through Canada deployment and BEE. And now we're at a stage where we don't have fucking electricity. Right? In 2023, go speak to an Aborigine in Australia and he wouldn't believe it. Right? Go to some mud hut. I went to Mozambique a few weeks ago. And I spoke to the Mozambican people, not all of them, of course, but the ones that was around. I said, what do you think of South Africa? Oh, They said two things. Number one, I always loved to visit when I was small and plan on living there. Not anymore because they just kill foreigners. And number two, how come you don't have electricity? Like they can't understand how it happened. And these are Mozambicans. These are the poorest people in the world. And they can't understand how fucked we are.
1: Yeah, let us not forget that this is a country where you're not even allowed to own any private property because the communists run that country. Yeah. But with all that, with all that being said, yeah, I completely agree with you on all these fronts, but I disagree with you on the fact that the corruption doesn't matter, because the corruption for these individuals is built in. And the point that I was trying to make is that how come all these people start their humble beginnings, now they're all driving around in Maseratis. And the point is because they're corrupt as fuck, and they steal like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> but you know what they never say to each other? Oh, why are you stealing too much? However, you get to the right and everything's about morals, right? Oh, that guy, he, he signed off a, a slip for a new pencil and the pencil was, you know, a little bit too expensive. It cost ten Rand more than it should have. Oh yeah, quick purge him from office, purging from office. Like everything's moral grandstanding with the right.
0: Yeah. And to the it, point where they lose the battle every time. Exactly. And this is the point that we want to make in those podcasts. Like the DA and the PA, right? The Bedrock Alliance. Yes, a run by a former gangster. He was in prison. Cool. All right. Maybe he made his millions through BEE. Cool. Is he on your side? Yes. Is he a commie? No. Unfortunately, he doesn't hate the ANC as much as I would like him to hate it. But at the end of the day, he is a useful ally if you use him. So hold your nose and fucking use him. In terms of Gaten McKenzie. Like, I don't understand all this pettiness when you're on the cusp of controlling an entire state that's what it is I agree. right like 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 Vladimir Putin doesn't doesn't trade horses with with morons no he's taking control of the states and that's his state and kudos to him for it especially in a country like Russia which is not uh, the easiest place to run but he no, it's also a very big place let us not forget that it's huge Huge. And what happened when he took the state, Byron? He told all the oligarchs with their private militias who were literally real people who could take over the state at any time they wanted to because they had the money to do it. Put them on a the table and said, You support me, others, you get shot. Simple as that. Did he have the means to do that? I have no idea. Did he have the means to prosecute all of them? I have no idea. But he fucking did it. Why? Because he won. And when you That's win, right. you set the terms. So for the coalition to fuck around now, before winning is just dumb. It's strategically just moronic.
1: I would agree, but you know, that also comes then into the mindsets of the public as a whole. How many people will sit back and go, oh, I'm never fighting for the DA because they didn't they didn't fix my pothole and I drove over a pothole one time and it, you know, really damaged my rim. Like, dude. And then you're gonna sit there and bitch that you have no electricity? Or you're gonna bitch because they want to steal your private property. Well Arguably, you don't give a shit about your private property because it was all about the rim on your car when you had a pothole that you went over, right? I mean, this is, this is a defining thing of the right, full stop. And I think the, the argument really can probably be traced to even the Blair idea of a center. Everybody these days, no one really wants to class themselves as left or right. Everybody's center, right? Oh, we all believe in the same thing because they're politically stupid. And I think the same goes even for the politicians. A lot of the politicians also, they, they're like, oh, well, you know, I know we're different political parties, but, you know, we all roughly believe the same thing. And then when the guy doesn't believe exactly what you believe, it's like now suddenly of a sudden he's your enemy. You know, there is such a thing that's called a frenemy. You know a frenemy? Friend of my enemy. Like, that's actually the, the new phrase that these people need to adopt. They need to have their lots of frenemies. They need to go around, galvanize the support, and when you've got the mob and you've kicked the living shit out of the opposition, then come back and sit down and negotiate and say, okay, guys, we've cleaned out the riffraff. So let's divvy up the spoils. The problem that keeps happening is they want to divvy up the spoils before they won the battle.
0: Well, the problem is they don't even have the fucking spoils. <laughs> it's it's well, that's it's, what I mean. It's yeah, but but it's it's like Byron, it's like it's like us putting the I don't know, uh, we want to buy a business together, right? And then we're really talking about what salaries we're going to get from it. They haven't even accepted the fucking deal, mate. Like, so f- f- too early with, with what you want Win- to achieve. Winning,
1: spending the lottery before you've won it.
0: Yeah. And, and it's just this weird notion in coalition politics in the opposition in South Africa that this idea of purity testing everyone around you, that's going to kill the country. Completely and utterly, it's going to kill your chance of ever running the country. It's going to kill your chance of ever growing in this particular country. Because what are the consequences of keeping the ANC into power? Your voters are fucking off. <laughs> they're going to other places. So soon, demographically, you're not going to have enough voters to do anything politically in South Africa because they're all gone. You're not going to change the mind of some sheep herder in Limpopo to vote for the fucking DA. Your voter base no, is set. Your voter base is a niche, and you've captured basically all of it. So the more you fight <laughs> between yourselves, the less you're going to have when it comes to actually taking over the government. in time to come. And just to
1: be clear, ladies and gentlemen, we are not suggesting that the DA is a white party that only wants to attract the whites. Like, piss off with your self-imposed racism. Bloody chip on your shoulder. What we're actually saying is that the DA's voter base is the middle class. Because it's the middle class that actually have the most to lose by the ANC bullshit. And it's the middle class, regardless of race, that are leaving the country. Because it's the middle class that are finding that they don't want to be stripped of their middle class status and being put into poverty status. So they're the ones that are leaving while they still can, as we all know. Right? So it's the middle class that the DA needs to keep in place. Now look at the ANC and the EFF. They don't give a shit about the middle class. Do you know who they give a shit about? The poor. Right? It's all about the poor. But the problem is that the poor want to remain poor. Ramon. And the ANC know that. So it's like as long as they can keep the, the poor poor, and they can sit there and they can get drunk all day and have their 350 grants and do all the rest of the shit, why bother going forward in life? And that's unfortunately, people will say, oh, that's hyperbolic. That's racist. There's racist. Of course they want to do better. Okay, well, if they want to do better, give them the tools to do better and don't give them the grant. I'm all for that. But that is not what we see, right? Because when we give the people the tools, they don't actually do better. Then the reason that they don't do better will be ours because of barriers to entry. Well, then you make the barriers to entry lower, right? You deregulate the shit out of things. Every right winger understands this. But the left don't want to do that. Because the only way for them to do that is to give up control. And the one thing that the left cannot do is give up control. Exactly.
0: And that's so, why you cannot uh, Sorry for, for interrupting. And you cannot appeal to the better nature of the angel of the average leftist. We don't have one.
1: 100%. At all. But the right needs to understand this, mate. Because if the left don't want to give up power, which is ultimately what it comes back to, the right needs to force them to give up power. And the only way to do that is to force them through numbers, force them through galvanizing the right. In which case, take your moral ga- grandstanding, shout up your arsehole, say your Hail Marys, ask for forgiveness to church, us the right, and kick the living shits out of the left.
0: Yeah, it's as simple as that. And, and a very important point, person who did this very well is Lee Kuan Yew. Lee Kuan Yew was the, the the founder and sort of ruler of Singapore for a number of years. And what he does, and he did, he did everything on instinct. Because, and I quote, he says, "I ignore polling as a method of government. I think that shows a certain weakness of mind, an inability to chart a course whichever way the wind blows, whichever way the media encourages the people to go, you follow." If you can't force or unwilling to force your people to follow you with or without threats, you are not a leader. That quote exemplifies everything we're talking about in terms of no enemies to the right. I know the DA does extensive polling all the time, wanting to know exactly where people stand on certain subjects, and that's why the DA is going to be a 25% party forever, because they care deeply about what people think. You don't care what people think. You care about whether you can tell people what the fuck you want to do and force them to do it. That's power. In every scenario. Is Democracy is bullshit in this re- regard. Right? If you keep focusing on polling, who doesn't do polling, Byron? The PA. EFF. The EFF. <laughs> ACDP. ANC. ANC. Oh, the ANC do do polling, to be honest with you. Uh, that's why they've not been populist anymore. But the people who aren't doing polling every day are the ones that are growing in South Africa. Except for the EFF, because they have got bunch of But... For the, like, I know we were talk, talk focusing on the DA quite a lot here, but sometimes you just have to take the country by the balls, squeeze as hard as you can, and say, you follow me, else I'll cut these off. That's probably... And it possible. works. <laughs> but, but, that, but,
1: that, but, that, but that works. You know how know that works? Donald Trump, baby. Like, the guy didn't give a shit about anything, man. Like, this is my rule. This is how we're doing things. Get on with it. And he did wonders. I mean... Looking back now at the Donald Trump days, bloody glory days of the American empire, was not it? Like, you know, we can all look back and be like the golden era of Trump. Like, it's, it's weird. It's really weird. I never thought in my life I would say that. But it's true. And why was that? Because Trump led by instinct, mate. He knew what he stood for. He knew that he was deeply anti the rest of the bullshit. And you know what? Like, if you were a friend of him and you were... A friend of him, but you also didn't like his enemies? You guys got on like a house on fire. The fact that you maybe at points were a little bit questionable. Who gave a shit? I don't need to like you. Do you remember that? We used to say that when we were kids, right? I don't need to like you to work with you. All I need to be able to do is work with you, and we need to get a result. Whatever happened to that? Now it's all about Mm -hmm. like fifis and and politics. Like, uh, Do you actually like the guy or not?
0: Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, some of the greatest relationships are based on sort of mistrust and distrust, right? Like, like when Stalin and Churchill and Roosevelt <laughs> defeated Hitler, did they like each other? Absolutely not. Was it necessary? Absolutely, and it worked, right? You can't say that America's a Stalinist now, or that Stalin became a capitalist. No, they didn't care. They had one enemy. They took a decisive decision to fight that particular enemy. And they use all the might that they have to defeat that enemy. All we want is force African opposition coalition parties to do the same. Is it so hard to do? No. It really is not. I
1: think think you're right. But then I also think that, thinking about it logically, I think that that's the exact reason why the left wants us to be the way that we are. Because they know that by keeping us in that state, we never really become a true opposition to them, do we? I think they like that. Because we never actually have the, you know, the using South African terms, we never had the scum, right? Mm. They never have the scum. They never have the guts to go out there and just tell the left to fuck off, and actually to have enough support to make that a reality. I don't know, man. It's 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 depressing in some respects because the 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 spoils of war are right there to be taken, but what are they going to do about it? Every time they, they have an opportunity, and they just let it pass them by. Well, I think let it pass them by.
0: I think the moonshot pact is that realization, right? So we had John Stenhazen on the show, on the YouTube show, uh, and as a podcast, of course. If you, that's the one below this one, we spoke to him about the moonshot pact and what he wants to do. And the guy's really adamant. He'll do everything in his power to prevent the EFF from going to government in any way possible. And that's something that we can agree with. That is something that is worthwhile pursuing and fighting, and that is something that galvanizes people. Because so the ANC, we already know the dangers of the ANC: corrupt, incompetent retards. EFF, different kettle of fish: corrupt, evil retards. There's a big difference between the two.
1: Absolutely. Although personally, I would like to actually see that the uh, the messaging becomes stronger than that. You know why? You know why I say that? Because this is the exact way that the left do it, mate. Have you seen the way the left treat us? When I come to power, I will crush my enemies with all my might. I will expropriate their property and drive them into the sea. I never see that rhetoric out of the, out of the right, man. Where's the, where is their conviction? So much so that like, you know what? Come on, Gaten. Get out there. When you come to power and you're the leader of South Africa, you will execute all of the EFF people. You will confiscate their land and force them to go live in Zimbabwe. But even if you're not going to do it, like, come on, like, give us that kind of shit. Like, people will vote for that. Where is the actual moral, you know, the, the, where is their conviction? They all want to sit there based on their little moral grandstanding. Oh, one time, Gaten, he he bought an office lunch and he didn't declare it on expenses. Therefore, I can't work with him. He didn't fully inform 158B, rubber stamp it twice, and then sign it at the bottom and cross all the T's and dot the I's. Like, fuck off, guys. Get your no. shit together and just galvanize yourself and take out the left
0: yeah i mean it is i mean i don't know maybe are we morons like it seems so simple to me with what we have to do here it is that simple like i don't know what the holdup is and i think the holdup for most part is the lack of conviction in terms of opposition politic parties they're actually not too sure We've only known a, a government, uh, South Africa rather, with the ANC in it. The ANC was always the big brother or the big bear or the big enemy to fight. And then I think it's like a dog chasing a car. They don't know what to do with it once they've caught it. I think it's a lack of moral conviction on the side of the opposition. Not with Gayton, but with the DA and maybe even actually say to some degree. You can see that they don't know what to do with the power that they could perhaps achieve in time to come. So they were really happy just to delve in those little pools of water where they hold a little bit of power. But maybe they're really worried about all that extreme power on the top end. I don't know.
1: I disagree. I know well, you like it when I disagree with you. And so here we go. We can have the we have the argument about this. I actually think it's something is slightly different. And that is I don't actually think that the politics between the left and the right in this country are that well defined. You know, actually, I, I rewatched our interview with John. <laughs> I rewatched it just to see like what we had said in there. And there was actually something John said at the end of the interview that actually, when I rewatched it, I actually didn't notice it when we interviewed it the first time. He said, "I want to defeat the ANC's NDR yeah. because if the ANC partner with the EFF, they will get their Marxist socialist, Marxist Leninist dream come true, and I want to defeat that." And it was the first time I've ever heard a DA leader ever say anything like that. And the problem that I think that you have in South Africa is that they all want to, like, the politics, like we saw this under Musi Maimani, right? I mean, he wanted to be, be light. So like, arguably his policies were closer to ANC policies than anyone else. And you saw this with, you know, that, the, the chickie that was up there in Teng that got chucked out, your mayor. You know, like, look at, look at her rhetoric. She could have sat there in the EFF seat, no problems, mate. And I think actually, to a large degree, the problem is that the DA have worked with the ANC as the opposition for so long that to a degree, their ideology has been tainted by the ANC to a degree. And so the problem is that I can't really just take you out on ideology. I can't really articulate my ideology that well to you and how it differentiates between you and the actual ANC. Because I don't think that they they actually have the conviction, right? I mean, what they should do is they should say, we want to gut the deep state. We want to halve all of government employees. We want to slash salaries. But you know why they don't do that? Because they know that the DA will come, the ANC will come out with something and say, ah, but you see that shows that they're anti-government and they're anti-working class and blah, blah, blah. And the DA don't know how to combat that. They don't know how to fight that in a political discourse. So as a result, because the politics are less defined and they're less clear, the only available option to them now is to basically say, "Well, well, at least I'm I'm a I'm a nicer shade of white than you are. See, I'm more clean than you are because I, I filled in form one hundred five five times and stamped it twice." And that's that's really not what the public want to hear, is
0: it? Like they don't give a no. shit about how many forms you filled. I think you're onto something there. I think perhaps the DA has been defined by the ANC for so long that it's sort of encultured inculcated some of that for itself that seems to have stopped a little bit with with John and Helen being in charge of the party, they have come out of the shell a little bit but I think for quite a long period of time under mercy my perhaps Uh, but still, obviously not enough, which is why I want to become the DA head of policy, people give me shit for it, but I really do I I made a whole video on this and I sent it to to the DA they haven't responded unfortunately but really, that, that whole video is about defining the DA and not asking for permission to do shit for the, the betterment of our constituency. We know who votes for the DA. Why are we subjecting them to fucking load shedding? It's ridiculous. Why are we subjecting them to mass immigration from the Eastern Gap? Why are we subjecting them to ports that don't work, or like that housing that lies fallow that no one can do, or land invasions? These are all anc created ideas. But the people subject to those consequences of those ANC-failed ideas are DA voters. Maybe this is a, perhaps... The ANC is doing this on purpose, to destabilise the Western Cape, and of that I'm absolutely sure. We know for a fact they destabilised the Western Cape by removing the amount of police officers available at at police stations in the townships in the Western Cape. That is a policy from on top. But the DA wants to be defined by the ANC, or do you want to defy the ANC? And as head of policy, should that arise sometime or ever, that is what... My main goal is going to be is like to define the d a for what it does to protect the constituency that votes for it, and to not ask for permission from the left who wants to kill you
1: i think I think you're actually onto something there again, like let's use the Western Cape as an example when they go out there and they deprioritize all of those guys that are sitting there at the police stations right the lack of things what is to stop the d a setting up a municipal law enforcement office right next door to them and then restaffing it full of law enforcement from your own municipality and be like and so actually saying something in a campaign the anti-government doesn't love you they don't like you they took away your police officers but don't worry we do we gave them back mate that's legit
0: that's a proper pr stunt but they don't do it no, unfortunately, I don't. I mean, they have—they have, they have to, to be fair, to the they have done with the leap officers. They have got like a, a thousand or two thousand of them over there. Crime has been cut down drastically since that has happened, but that's a more recent thing. I think that happened in the last five years or so. Um,
1: posters mate. posters. What Remember the that? Phoenix posters? Yeah. ANC, based. ANC, called you. Yeah, ANC called you racist. We call you heroes. There you go. Posters made. ANC took away your police officers. We gave them back.
0: No, the ANC wants to kill you. And we want to protect you. Simple as that.
1: <laughs> there you go. But you see, the left will do this to us, mate. Exactly. Just think time. about it. How, 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 many posts, how many posters do you see? Uh, the the DA is all a bunch of white
0: people. It's, all, it's a white party. It's bring a back white apartheid. Party. They want to cut off your your grants. They're going to bring back the white people, bring back past laws. I mean, the ANC does this over and over again with no shame whatsoever. And what does the DA say? No, we don't. I promise you. <laughs> it's like, come on guys.
1: Where's, where's all the posters up and down the country, mate, with just pictures of a looted, I don't know, a looted, uh, railway station and say, courtesy of the ANC. Yeah. Proudly a power station by the ANC. Proudly bought 100%. SW- Swan is a great example. All those photos of those pylons, your future under the ANC. Right. It, it's, Simple, but it's what they do to us, mate. And we're like, no, that's not true. I'm telling my mommy, I'm reporting you to your manager. Like, stop being a bunch of fucking Karens and take the fuck to them. Governors are right, take the fuck to your enemies. Simple.
0: Yeah, there was a golden opportunity during COVID, I'm afraid, but they failed at that. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Listen, we keep bashing the DA in this particular podcast for some reason. I mean... John and... Well, that's because
1: they're, the they're the largest opposition,
0: yeah. maybe. Yeah, but John and Helen have an overall majority, 83%. As John said, North Korean election results. I wish they would act a bit like Kim Jong-un, <laughs> who runs North Korea, right? <laughs> as his own kingdom. Like, don't fuck with me. It's as simple as that. What i say goes. And, and you know, John and Helen knows what, what works. And this purity testing and this... Oh, Gaten was maybe a gangster or Gaten is a bit two-faced. Okay. So fucking what? Win first, then make the deals later.
1: Right, I got I got one question for John and Helen. Okay, Gaten was a gangster, blah, blah, blah. Will he have your back? Who cares? Will he have your back? Can you motivate him enough that he will act as your bodyguard no matter what? And if your answer to me is no, you cannot motivate him enough, you're not trying hard enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At this rate, if he wants money, just give him what he what you can. Do raise funding campaigns just to pay your coalition partners. If that's what it takes, just fucking do it. At this point, who cares? Exactly. Who gives
1: if if what John is if what John says and he truly believes the number one enemy in this country is the EFF and the potential of it joining with the ANC. And anything else is, a be- is, is better than that. I don't care if you have to make Gator McKenzie deputy president then. Because according to your own statements, your own things that you're telling us in the public, this is still better than an ANC EFF coalition. So, th- so what's the problem then? This is your rhetoric, but you're not prepared to live through with it because, you know, oh, you know, he's a gangster and he's a bad guy. Come on, man! And this is exactly what we're talking about. Where's the galvanisation of the right? Where's the realisation that you have to now do anything possible to remove the left? You have no other option.
0: Yeah, yeah, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. We, we can't purity test anyone. That's one morning shot. We never criticise Solidarity. We never criticise Every Forum. We never criticise the IRR. We never criticise anyone. That's on the right. Ever freedom from blast? Never. Actually, say, not really on the right. They're a bunch of Karens. So that's overtly left, in our opinion. <laughs> but PA, I don't think we've ever criticized them. Cause we're not too nope. sure. They, they play both sides quite well. But we don't do that. Why? Because we want to govern the right. That's as simple as that. Great. Irrespective of who they are. Whether it's the Le Lechion, or Afri Forum, or the fucking taxi bosses in KZN, who are very based in right wing, we'll be friends with all those guys tomorrow. No problems all. absolutely no question. Absolutely. Asked. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Any party like look at look at the IFP, wherever we bash the IFP, but they're deeply anti-communistic. Yes. Mate, hey, Those are my people. Is it because they share the same meddling content as me? No, it's because they share the same idea as me. And that is communists must fuck off. I don't want communists anywhere. So as a result, they're my friend. Why? Because they're on the right. Governors the right, mate. Governors the right.
0: And to a large degree, the DA have done any case at by going to agreements with the IFP. They don't touch the IFP's studio. The IFP runs solely. They don't have the DA to focus on. And they're winning awards all over the place. So it is working. In action.
1: Just I making agree, a mate. national plan. I Get absolutely something. agree. But you know what, man? I really think that that's uh, that John and Helen need to start up in their game now. Like you know, we 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 say, we've said these things in in jokes. Like, why why don't they come to? So, like you said, head of policy. Okay, you may have to kind of follow a little bit of their bullshits and their rules and their regs and all that stuff. Yeah, okay. Like you'll learn the ropes. You're not stupid, right? But. You have ideas on how to sit there and have all the hard discussions and get people around the table in order to to get them to to beat the common enemy. I made a joke about, hey, give me a position in, in Parliament as an MP. Have you seen how outspoken I am, man? Like all the rest of them. You need people like me. And you know where that's actually become useful? Have you seen the latest the latest Karen in Parliament who's been taking taking out uh, Becky Selle every other day? Right. Have you seen the have you seen the memes about that chick, mate? She is all over the internet. Because that's what you need. You mm. need people like us. You need you need the proper right wingers, the hardcore. Like that's what you need as a country. So why do they not reach out to the relevant people like me or you? They don't do it, mate. Instead, they're just like, oh, you know, we'll be fine. And then when they don't win, they're like, why didn't we win? I don't understand it. Let's have a so, commission of inquiry to find out why. And we'll get a report. And the report mm-hmm. will tell us because we didn't galvanize our ideas and get the right people there. And then we'll just go, oh, like luck next
0: time. Whilst we all have to sit through
1: another four to five years of misery.
0: So ironically, I think you're hitting a good point there. They're misdiagnosing the problem. The problem is not messaging or things like that. The problem is people just don't trust you because you don't seem very strong. We know what, what, what moves things in Africa? Money and power. They got the money. But what moves power? The aspirational aspect that someone wants to be John Steinhausen, or that someone trusts John Steinhausen to give them something they want. That's why people vote for you. They don't vote for you because you're fucking liberal. Or because you want to privatize the state or shit like that. They vote for you because they believe in you. How do you make people believe in you? By being powerful. By not absolutely. Selfish, by being assertive. By not apologizing. Just be the white Julius Malema, is not a commie.
1: Actually, that, that's actually a very good point. I mean, look at, you know, if you look at some of the great dictators of the world, when they went out and they did their speeches, like some of their speeches were absolutely complete ass, but they... They they believed in them huh? and they were strong individuals and people galvanized around that. I mean, come on, man. You can't tell me that people listen to Julius Malema and go, ah, intelligent guy. Guy talks a load of shit out of his asshole, man. Right? But he comes across as credible. He comes across as powerful. He comes across as a man who believes in his own messaging. You know, and sometimes that's actually what we miss in South Africa. Like you can't tell me every time. And we've said this, right? We sit there and listen to Cyril's speeches. That is not a man who believes anything he says. That's a man who's bored of his job. He doesn't really know why he's there anymore. Mm. And he just, he's given up. What we need is we need a powerful leader who wants to make South Africa great again.
0: And the only solution to that is, well, Gator McKenzie. <laughs> we already calling him Ironic. Donald Trump of South Africa. We already said this guy has, that his ideas don't matter. But when he expressed them at the business conference, you really fucking believed him. Because he was in front of an audience of whiteies, right? And he says, you guys are not going to like what I'm going to say. We're going to export and expel illegal foreigners that you employ for cheap. He went into the lion's den and told the lion to fuck himself. Based. Balls. I can't imagine other political parties doing that, unfortunately. I can't imagine John going to Kailiche and says, the reason why you're poor, because you fuckers vote for the ANC all the time. You fucking dumb. Vote for me instead,:
1: but we've argued we've argued that how many times, you know, like let, let's be honest, what, and we've seen this now in the in the, the, the Western Cape, right? Karen, Karen Allen, as I'm going to call him, Karen Allen has now gone out there and he's put in place an emergency package that he's giving to the poor households to combat load shedding. Right, because they, they feel that, you know, the ANC's rhetoric is you, you need to be pro-poor. You know what they really should say to the poor? Mm. Stop fucking voting for the ANC because the ANC made you poor. We are not going to support you as being poor people. You know what we are, however, going to do? We're going to give you all the, tour, the tools to pull yourself out of poverty and make some things of yourself. Vote for us so that we can help grow the economy to make you rich. Because you don't want to live your life on social grounds for the rest of your day, do you? We I, want to uplift you out of poverty, not by giving you free shit, but creating the environment that you can do that.
0: I think uh, they do want to be poor, to be honest, Byron. And because of that, the messaging changes. So you don't give them load shedding kits before the election. You say, you see this load shedding kit? I'll give you a light. I'll give you a light. For the last three hours, no load shedding for you. After you vote for me. Otherwise, fuck off.
1: Funnily that's the, enough, that's actually what the ANC do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is that is correct. I mean, they give you a t-shirt beforehand, right? <laughs> At least.
1: Just to remind you, if you don't yeah. know where the X is supposed to go, you're just like, hey, let me check.
0: Oh, yeah, it's that go. one. It's that one, yeah. <laughs> the yellow one. And then the AIC fuck then. Do you know the AIC? It's like the small party that's also all yellow, and they always manage to get a scene in Parliament because people can't read the difference. They're right under each other on the ballots paper. <laughs> but anyway. Smart, mate. that is pretty smart. smart. But um, anyway, what what were we talking about? Yeah, I just, I just, like when I see Alan Windy, I just like lose hope. The guy's probably a very good technical whatever. But he's not a leader. Like, I'm not going to follow him into battle. There's no one in South Africa who would follow into battle. I mean, once we meet Gaten, maybe he'll be the first one well, will would follow him into battle. Because the guy does interest me quite a lot and he's very forthright. He's forthright with what he wants to do and he's very forthright when he apologizes for now. Mm. Hopefully the lesson has been learned. But there's no like testicular fortitude anyway. Maybe we the wrong country for that. I don't know. Because I look at Jordan Hill Lewis. He's a very nice guy. We get along very well. And he's doing exceptionally well in Cape Town and he's soft-spoken and he you know, he's able to please everyone. He gets along with everyone. People really do like him. And he's, it seems to work out for him quite well. It's not my idea of someone who's like deeply powerful, but I do respect him because he still gets his way. Same as Chris Popper though, isn't it? Yeah. Same with Chris, I suppose. You're right. So I don't know. Maybe this whole podcast is a waste of time. and we are wrong. Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Who
1: knows, man? But you know what? I, you know what? I do know. Soft-spoken leaders will never governize the right. That's true. Never. You know why? Because they're all so softly spoken and they all think everything can be solved by diplomacy. Let's all sit around the table. We'll all agree to disagree. And once we all agree to disagree and that all of our our opinions matter equally, we'll all go away and we'll do what Karen's usually do. We'll backstab each other in the back and go, ah, we had a chat but we don't agree with them." So we all agreed to disagree, which means that we're not working together because they disagreed with me. And that's exactly what happens in the right politics all the time. Usually because the Karens of the coalition are the first
0: ones to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So the better option is to be Donald Trump. I'll say, all of you have a bunch of cunts. I'll put you all in jail. And the system's rigged because I'm the one that that benefited from it. So I can tell you it's rigged right? That's when, that's when Trump got the black vote, right? He went to the black, the black masses and said, listen, the system's rigged, guys, against you. Why? Because I benefited from it. I know how it works, and I can tell you exactly how it works, and it's rigged against you. And they're like, well, fuck, finally Trump told us. Does it matter that he partook in it? Does not matter that he benefited from it? No. What mattered was he told the truth to people who wanted to hear the truth. And that's how he got into power, and the truth in South Africa is, as a retard, stop voting for the ANC. If you're too retarded not to vote for the ANC, you are not a friend of ours when we get to power. Simple as that. It's what the ANC do.
1: Very well. Very yeah, well. You, it, it's, it is what the ANC do. And, and you know what? This is the point we made at the start of the podcast. There is a rule book, the rule book is defined by the left. But the right refused to play the game. And as a result, they go out there all the time and lose over and over and over again. Because it's not that they're losing at the game. (laughs) They haven't even played, (laughs) mate. They've lost by default. Yeah. And they think that the game is like being there all competent and clean, not suit, saying the right things. Have the best idea. Fitting in. Best ideas. They're not even playing the same game, mate. Like the ANC are bloody playing poker and they're playing bloody blackjack. It's not the same game. And then they wonder why they can't win. Like, why do we keep losing? You're not playing the same fucking game. Understand the rule book. Understand the rules that are applied. And use them. Like, when was the last time they turned around to the ANC and said, the the ANC are just a bunch of black supremacist nationalists. They give no shits about anybody else in this country. Just black supremacist nationalists. You could prove it, mate. Read their own bloody policies. Their own policies. It's true. When, look at the people in government. When when they came out there and they said things like, oh, look at these white people in the ANC. Why didn't they do what we said? Go out there, take a Photoshop of all of the government ministers and go, uh, diversity in action brought to you by the ANC. Well, I mean, I think it's not
0: it's, false. Um, no, but I think it's not slanderous. That's, that, that's the exact... That's, you're really falling into the trap if you use the terms of the left with diversity, which the DA does all the time. Helen Ziller was on some show even like a week ago and she's like, we have the most diverse leadership thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell the journalist to go fuck himself. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not a question say we
1: have the most that's relevant.
0: Exactly. It's not a question that's relevant to what's happening in South Africa at all, especially when the journalist in question is a hatchet man deployed from who knows where, probably Lutuli house. Maybe it will become a Zillow house very soon. Watch our video for next week on that particular tangent.